Good morning, everybody. This is Sunday, Bloody Sunday. Welcome to our Super Bowl kickoff show here on Review and Preview Sports. My name is Tom Scavetta. Join alongside across the board here, James Montefusco, top middle, Fonz DeFalco, top right, Noah Dibler with the Georgia hat on the bottom, and then Hank and Dichter with the Rangers hat and Strahan jersey on the bottom right corner. Gentlemen, it is 9.30 a.m. Uh, we have made it across the country to Phoenix. How's everybody doing? Good. It was a good flight to Phoenix. You know, little, little delays here and there. We made it. We finally made it here. I'm here. That's all that matters. <laughs> a little jet lagged, but I'm doing all right. Ready for the most epic day in America, Super Bowl Sunday. Absolutely. And I, I want to thank you all for joining me here on this lovely Sunday morning. And first and foremost, before we get into the show, if you're new to our channel and want to find our content, make sure to check us out on all of our social media on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Anchor. Those are our audio podcast, our YouTube channel, which is Review and Preview Sports. Make sure to check that out where we post a lot of our content. We do have a TikTok page as well. Uh, we appreciate everybody joining us here on this lovely, lovely Sunday morning. So we'll leave that ticker running across for a second. And um, I want to start out the show by, you know, going over our Super Bowl history for a little bit. And, you know, guys, this is the first time that we've seen two one seeds reach the Super Bowl in five years. Is that a little crazy or is that a good thing for the NFL that, you know, it, it's sort of like if you get into the playoffs, you have a shot, right? This year, I think the top of the crop of the teams, there was just a clear gap between them and some other teams. Maybe not nearly as much. I think the Bengals are maybe the closest team to those two. But um, if anyone disagrees, feel free to let me know. But I, I think it's interesting to see that. It took five years for both one seeds to get here once again. Yeah, I would agree. I mean, there have been some years where we've had some number one seeds that have gotten exposed in the playoffs. But this year, not the case. I think Kansas City was definitely the better team. But without question, they had some competition. I mean, I thought the Buffalo Bills were definitely going to be one of those teams that competed them. But obviously, we saw what happened to them against the Bengals. They got clobbered at their own game. And then, you know, the Bengals... You know, essentially, you could argue that there were a few calls that didn't go their way. But ultimately, Patrick Mahomes simply outplayed Joe Burrow in that game. And, you know, the better team ended up winning as far as the NFC. Yeah, I don't think it's really that close. The Eagles were clearly the better team as much as it makes me sick to my stomach. Absolutely saying that it it is the absolute truth. And, yeah, it is interesting because last year, if I'm not mistaken, we had the lowest seeds ever to be playing against each other in the Super Bowl. This year, quite the opposite. Four and four. Mm-hmm. Uh, Fonz, what are your thoughts on this year's Super Bowl? I, I think with the way the NFC shaped out, we kind of thought Philly would come out. Small chance of San Francisco. But the AFC, it, it was a surprise to me that Kansas City got back to here because of their defense, number one. You know, three rookies starting in the secondary. And then, quite frankly, um, you know, Mahomes being hurt and not having a true number one 
wide receiver. I'll say that very carefully because we know Kelsey is the guy there, but they don't have a true uh, true number one, similar to your Baltimore Ravens. Wow, thanks, Tom, for that. Uh, Ooh, that, that shot. Wow. Um, Five minutes into the show, Tom's already pulling shots. Uh, we talked about it. Like, I think it's a, well, say this, it's a, I think it's a good thing, though, that, you know, this is the first time in five years, just two one seeds going at it. It kind of just shows that, like, literally, you know, as a cliche as it sounds, every team has a shot. You know, with this year, this is one of those rare cases where, yeah, we kind of all thought the Chiefs, maybe the Bengals, and for the NFC, the Eagles may be the 49ers. But really, since the playoffs started, they, everyone thought it'd be these two teams. I think it'll be it's going to be a very exciting Super Bowl, I think. I think it'll be a lot. We'll talk about more predictions later on. But, you know, I think it'll be a very high-scoring game. Two very good quarterbacks, MVP finalists, one that won the MVP. But, you know, takeaway outside of this year, but I think overall I like the fact that any team that goes in, they have a decent shot to make the Super Bowl. It's not like, you know... Except for this year, you're the one seed. Yeah, you're most, more than likely going to be it. But, you know, it's crazy. Five years. So what was five, what was five years? What's the role was five years ago? Was that? Eagles pass. That was the Eagles pass. Oh, my other favorite Super Bowl, the high-scoring 40 to whatever it was Super Bowl. I love that. I love high-scoring Super Bowls. It's a lot of fun. Noah, I want to get yes. to you here with your, with your opening thoughts. Um, like a good friend of our show, Brian Attard, you were not very high on the Eagles this year and thought they had somewhat of an easy road to the Super Bowl. Is that true still? Um, I wouldn't say that's entirely true. What I said was I thought the 49ers would beat them because I thought they were a better team, um, even though I thought they had a, a worse quarterback situation in a you know Mr. Irrelevant rookie compared to a Jalen Hurts who had a great season this year. But, you know, I was wrong. Uh, people can be wrong, Tom. The Eagles looked absolutely phenomenal against the 49ers. Um, and I think, right, the, the expectation with them before the season, um, they could have a good season. I had them winning a division. I didn't think they'd be in the Super Bowl. But as the season went on and on, they got that, you know, nice undefeated streak. And how they looked in the playoffs, I mean, we definitely knew this was a possibility, right? On the other side, for the Chiefs, I wouldn't say I'm surprised they're in the Super Bowl, but they weren't my pick. I thought the Bills would not only make the Super Bowl, but win it this year. Um, they drastically underachieved against the Bengals at a phenomenal game plan. And then we we all saw what happened uh, when the Bengals played the Chiefs. So to me, it's not a major surprise, right? I mean, a team makes, what is it, five straight AFC Championship games, multiple Super Bowls. You can't really say you're surprised the Chiefs are here. But at the same time, they probably weren't at the top of most people's list. Well, look, they have the best quarterback in the league in Patrick Mahomes, and when you have that, you're always going to be in contention uh, to make it to the very end. Yeah, no, I appreciate the uh, comments there. I, I, I do think it's going to be a very fun game to watch. Albert with the comments saying, wait, it's Super Bowl day. Yes, it is, Albert. Um, I don't know where you are. You're not here? I think Albert might be working this morning. Might have the early shift, but um, Albert, appreciate your comment as always. Co-host of Four Corners, which will be airing tomorrow night, Fonz. Yes, so we're very excited about that. Chambers coming um, up. Fun. Dad, appreciate the comment. Um, for the sake of the viewers, won't pin it though. Um, James, uh, what is your opening thought here before we get into the history of the Super Bowl? Well, my opening thought was, as I figured, Kansas City would be somewhere close to the Super Bowl the way they played. Wasn't expecting them to make it, to be honest, after they lost Hill. Um, but, you know, they're in it. 
Um, I'm hoping that they win it. Maybe. I don't know. Um, we'll find out later. Um, but I, Eagles, congratulations. You made it to your second Super Bowl. Um, you, uh, you, you blew out almost every team you went in the playoffs. So, you know, not really surprised when they play sometimes a subpar defense with a subpar um, QB, if not higher than subpar QB. Um, so, I don't know. Eagles, I think, got lucky on the way in, to be honest with you. I think their uh, their matchups were a little bit too favored to them. But you know what? They're here. We'll see what it turns out to be later today when they play an actual quarterback and an actual defense. Um, you know. We'll see why they're here. Are they here just so they won't get fined? Or are they here because they're here to win? <laughs> That's the real question. But, That's the question. Uh, gentlemen, did you know – that tonight's winning team of the Super Bowl will have more wins at State Farm Stadium this year than the Arizona Cardinals. That's hilarious. I did see that. That's pretty sad. Yeah, that's pretty hilarious if I say so. But, you know, it's funny. I think the Eagles actually – I think if I'm not mistaken, that was actually the Eagles' first win at that stadium ever, the one they had in the regular season. Because the last time they won – in Arizona would have been during the 2005 season at a uh, Sun Devil Stadium. But yeah. um and speaking of which, I believe this is also the fourth Super Bowl that will be played in Arizona, but the third obviously at the Toaster, which is what I like to call the Sam. I know it keeps changing names because of corporate names, so I just because of what it looks like on the outside, I'm just going to call it the Toaster. And I'll tell you what, both games at the Toaster were classics. Obviously, most of us in this studio have very fond memories of the first Super Bowl that was played there. Oh, I don't know. No big deal. There were 18 Patriot wins, but one giant loss, a helmet catch, and a Plaxico touchdown in the end zone. Probably my greatest sports memory of all time, but I'm sure you guys would probably agree, or at least the guys in the top corner would probably agree with me there. And then the other classic Super Bowl that was played there, uh, we would have had a repeat Super Bowl champion had we run had uh, they run the ball. I am thoughts in the Patriots. Mm-hmm. Hey, look, Noah, you could have threw a pick at the one yard line instead of blowing a twenty eight to three lead. I um, still would have preferred to do that, bro. But thanks for trying uh, at least. I, I would um, not be shocked if Matt Ryan retires on March 28th, by the way. That would be an interesting day for him to retire from the NFL. Hey, hey man, he's embracing oh. the memes. I'll give him respect for that. He's embracing it. Hey, yeah. let's get to some of the history here. Mm-hmm. Take us through memory lane, what the Super Bowl has been, what it is now, and some of the key storylines heading into today's matchup. So obviously, for those who don't know, the Super Bowl originally started as the AFL-NFL championship game because there were two leagues that were pretty much competing with each other. And in that first uh, AFL-NFL championship, one of the teams that was in that game just so happened to be the Kansas City Chiefs. That was when they had Len Dawson as their quarterback. That was when they had Hank Stram as their head coach. 
Now, unfortunately for the Chiefs, they wound up getting clobbered by the Green Bay Packers in that game. I mean, to be fair, that was a dynasty that they ran into with Vince Lombardi, Bart Starr, name a few. And, of course, fun fact, the uh, first player to catch a touchdown in that game, that would have been wide receiver Max McGee. And as it turned out, though, the Chiefs would redeem themselves a few years later. They played the Minnesota Vikings in the last game before the merger, and this time they would win 23-7, to and Len Dawson would win the MVP. However, despite having the AFC Championship trophy named after him, Lamar Hunt's team, the Kansas City Chiefs, would not make it to another Super Bowl for 50 years. This despite the fact that they had Joe Namath, or not Joe Namath, Joe Montana as their quarterback, like right at the very end of his career, although he was pretty solid. This despite the fact that you had stars like Derek Thomas on their team. Could not make it till 2019. But yeah, no, I would argue that he was probably the greatest player in that team's franchise history. He was fun. Number 58, most – well, technically he does have the most stacks in a game, but that's the story for another day. Um, Patrick Holmes comes along 2018, five years beforehand. They hire Andy Reid as their head coach, and, you know – Safe to say, Patrick Mahomes, I would say, is by far the most talented quarterback that Andy Reid has ever had. But I got to backtrack a little bit with regards to Andy Reid because, you know, we got to talk about the Eagles Super Bowl appearances. They had last won an NFL championship in 1960. That was Vince Lombardi's only loss in title in a, in any title game, actually. And, you know, the Eagles, they declined. They were bad for a long time. Didn't really do anything again until the late 70s. They finally made that Super Bowl in 1980 with Ron Jaworski as their quarterback and Dick Vermeil as their head coach. And fun fact, Dick Vermeil later coached Kansas City Chiefs in the early to mid-2000s. I believe that was with Priest Holmes and Trent Dick Green. Vermeil. Oh, yeah. That's he's one of, the most, one of the most underrated coaches of all time. In fact, <laughs> look at every place that he went to. He, he turned around his teams. The Eagles were pretty bad when he came along, turned around. Led in the Super Bowl, yeah. but unfortunately, they for them they lost to the Oakland Raiders. Eagles don't really do anything again, other than maybe a few good years with Buddy Ryan. Made it back to relevance when they hired none other than Andy Reid yeah. as their head coach. Four straight NFC title games, but the only year that they really were able to get to the Super Bowl was in 2004, where they lost a pretty close one to Tom Brady and. Yeah. yeah. Up until this year, I actually think that 2004 Eagles team might have been the most talented roster that that team ever had. Then, then obviously, you know, Andy Reid gets fired in 2012 after that 4 and 12 season. Just a year after, you, you remember the dream team when everyone thought that they were going to win the Super Bowl? They were the best thing since sliced bread. No, As- Namdi Asama. Uh, what was the other one? I remember all the players they signed. Vince Young, I remember that one. And Vince yeah, Young, that, the quarterback, that one I remember too. Yeah, that dream team aged about as well as milk. Andy Reid wow. got fired, went to the Chiefs, and you know what? He turned them around, and um, Chiefs wound up winning a Super Bowl with uh, Patrick Mahomes in 2019. They'd make it back a year later, but, of course, they got clobbered by Tom Brady and the Buccaneers, although, to be fair, Patrick Mahomes' offensive line that day was relatively injured. Mike Remmers. Yep. That's a name. Just remember that name. Make you smile. Yes, he did. Make you you smile. 
As a giant, he made me smile. Getting back to the Eagles, though, they ultimately got redemption in 2017. So, Daniel, I'm sorry for reminding you about those uh, games that you lost during the Andy Reid era, but I think I'll make you feel better by bringing up that <laughs> underdog Eagles squad in 2017, the one that went 13-3, and three, the oh, one – the year where it seemed like Carson Wentz was on path to win the MVP, but he tears his ACL. This Nick Foles comes up clutch. He has the Super Bowl performance for his <laughs> life, and ultimately the Eagles get their first victory in the Lombardi era. And, you know, things obviously changed after that. They had a playoff year in 18-19, but then Carson Wentz proves he is not the answer. Doug Peterson gets fired, but then somehow Jalen Hurts becomes their new franchise quarterback, and Nick Sirianni does a good job as the new coach, and they're back where they were five years ago in the Super Bowl. Thank you for that history lesson, Hank. There, there were some things I didn't know in there, so you taught me some stuff. Made me smile. And Made I should smile. also mention that this is only the 10th time that these teams have ever played each other. Yes, and the Chiefs are 5-4 and four all time against the Eagles. Correct. Mm. Yeah. But, fellas, we're looking at Super Bowl records. These two teams have not made the Super Bowl very often. The Eagles are 1-2. and two, Chiefs are 2-2. Two and two. Um, The Eagles' last win against the Chiefs was back in 2009. They have not beaten the Chiefs since Andy Reid was fired. So, Reid is 3-0 against the Eagles as the head coach of the Chiefs. He coached the Eagles from 1999 to 2012. And if Reed wins today, the Super Bowl for the Chiefs, he ties Hank Stram as the leader for most wins in Kansas City Chiefs franchise history. So Andy Reed has a shot next season to be the winningest coach in Eagles franchise history and Chiefs franchise history. Hall of Famer. Is there any oh, argument absolutely. with that? He's a, uh, Hall of no, Famer. I don't. I don't think there's any argument. I think the only thing people would have said about five years ago, yeah, he's probably a Hall of Famer, but he never won the big one. But That's once he got that, once he got that chip off his shoulder, it's kind of like it removed any doubt. And then, if he gets number two tonight, which I definitely think he could, it goes yeah. from is he a Hall of Famer to is he one of the greatest of all time? Which I would personally say yes. Yeah. Let me put it this way: if I think that. Dan Reeves and Marty Schottenheimer both – well, actually, I think Schottenheimer got inducted very recently, but up until his induction, I thought he should have been in the Hall of Fame. If, if I think he deserves to be in and if I think Dan Reeves deserves to be in the Hall of Fame, there's no question that I think Andy Reeves deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. He's needed that one Super Bowl, and he got it. So now you have to out Mickey. Now it's just like, is he the greatest? Mickey Whistler. Yes. I agree, Fonz, 100%. Appreciate the new commenters here. We have Mickey. Looks like we have Dens in the comments section. Carl Lorenzo as well. Thank you all very much for tuning in. Christine Dempsey, appreciate you. Um, Folks, if you like what you watch, make sure to drop a comment. Leave a like on our show as well. It helps with the algorithm, shares the show around more, gets it uh, bumped up more in a lot of these groups. Appreciate you all very much for joining us here on this Sunday morning, um, you know, Daniel Bakley, consistent commenter, um, an Eagles fan. I do respect. Um, now I do want to say this before we move on to analyzing the chiefs, gentlemen, 
the Reed Sirianni mashup. We remember Reed took over as head coach of the Chiefs in 2013. Sirianni was on that Chiefs coaching staff, and Reed let him go. Mm-hmm. Was Sirianni like the QB coach or something? He's something like that. Yeah. yeah, I remember this now. Yeah, that's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think he was a little um, bit lower on the totem pole than offensive coordinator. I, I think he was like just getting yeah. coaching, like like coaching that career, right? Like he was early. Very. He's either QB's coach or assistant QB's coach. It was one right. or the other. So 2009, quality control coach in the offense and assistant quarterbacks and uh, offensive quality control coach again. 2009-2011. Then wide receivers coach. So he did a bunch of stuff on the offense. But that was like, yeah, Chiefs okay. hired Dave Culley. And also former coach of the Texans. I remember Culley was the wide receivers coach that year. The Chiefs didn't have a wide receiver touchdown. Yes. I oh, that. my God. I remember that. It's the Wayne Bowe. Was your leading receiver that that Tom? That makes you smile. That's well. I think wow. Hank, correct me if I'm wrong. In 2004, the Giants didn't have a wide receiver touchdown. Uh yeah, I believe you are correct. That yeah. was possible. Uh, no, we. It was know. a bad year. Six and ten. Who's your? I think Toomer was hurt that year. Yeah. If I'm not mistaken. <laughs> Tom's boy. Ah, uh, please. Um, all right. Before we get into the Chiefs, James, I have a couple more fun facts I, I want to share with you and see if you knew these or if anyone else knows these as well. Right. The Reed Sirianni matchup is the second lo- longest, age, second largest age gap between coaches in the history of the big game. Twenty three years of age. Andy Reed is sixty four. Nick Sirianni, forty one. Wow! Can we Did guess you know who that? the oldest is? I know it. Is, uh, I would I would guess Belichick and McVay. That would be my guess as well. Noah, you would happen to be correct. There we go. And this is tied with Super Bowl 31 for the youngest quarterback matchup in Super Bowl history. Do we know who the quarterbacks were in 31? 31, that would be 1980, no, 97, right? That would be – was that Elway and Favre? No. I, I'm not good with Super Bowl numbers. That was Elway and Favre. What, what, what's the old number, would you say? It's 30. 31. No, it was Bloodstone and Favre. I was going to – That's say, right. Seven, I'm like, that's that the Packers Patriots here. That is a fun fact. Wow. And, of course – we have the first brothers to compete in the Super Bowl. Jason Kelsey, Travis Kelsey. Now, who would have thought it would have been them and not the Manning brothers? Yeah, right? I know. Oh, it's a you shame. Listen, I'm just saying, the second time, second time that brothers are overall competing, because, you know, guess what? The Harbaugh brothers. Just going to throw that out there. Forget and about that. Right. Fonz, I, for, I forgot to mention this on Slickback Kickback, but I, I was really happy with the Super Bowl this year. Shout out Cynthia Sweeney for tuning in and Alvin Lagman. Appreciate you both. Um, Ernie Monsdale Jr. as well. You guys are awesome. Thank you very much for tuning in to us this Sunday morning. Um, what was I about to say? Oh, uh, you were just mentioning. What the hell was I going to mention? It was good, too. The Harbaugh brothers. 
the Hardball Brothers. You forgot to mention on Slipback, Kickback. Yeah, I, don't, I don't know exactly what it was. You got cut off. Oh, over. Shit, I got cut off because I was looking at the comments. Oh, it was so good, too. Damn it. About, was it about the Niners? What was that? Was it about the Ravens Niners Super Bowl? Is that what it was? No. It, it had something to do with the Oh, the Pro Bowl last week. That was the first time Eli ever beat Peyton in his career at anything. That's yeah. That's the best thing. That's perfect. Again, the Yes, because we were talking about the Pro Bowl, and that's why I wanted to mention that. The Pro Bowl was fun. But just leave it out there. Let's break down the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, their road to the playoffs, or the Super Bowl, I should say, they beat the Jaguars in the divisional round by seven points, and they beat the Cincinnati Bengals in the AFC Championship game. They definitely had the tougher road of the two teams, not take, taking away anything from Philly, but Patrick Mahomes winning the MVP this year, and I think after the Chiefs lost Tyree Kill and Tyran Matthew in free agency, there was some doubt whether or not if Mahomes and the Chiefs would be able to get back here. You know, they lost Clyde Edwards-Hilaire to an injury, Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they've been dealt a lot of raw cards this season. The defense struggled, but yet here they are playing in their third Super Bowl in four years. Number one scoring offense in the league, number one in passing. The defense is improving. You have young guys on that defense to build off of, like George Karloftis, Nick Bolton, Willie Gay, Trent McDuffie, Legarius Sneed. Noah, talk to me about these Kansas City Chiefs and how they got back here. Yeah, no, I. it's kind of like I said, right? They they probably weren't at the top of most people's list, but it's not like a surprise. Like, it's not like the Jaguars all of a sudden made the Super Bowl out of nowhere. This is a team that consistently has, you know, been at the top of the AFC for the past few years. Um, and a couple of reasons why. First of all, like I said, you have the best quarterback in the league. You have Andy Reid, who is an offensive genius. Um, and, you know, you know, all the talk was about, oh, Tyreek Hill's gone. Is this going to be the year where, you know, Pat Mahomes takes a step back? And, you know, credit to Tyreek Hill. He did much better than I thought he'd do in Miami. He was absolutely phenomenal this year. But, you know, you just get, you know, decent receivers, guys like Juju and uh, Valdez scaling into that offense. And they have pretty solid years. It also helps you have the, what I would say, in my opinion, probably the best pure receiving tight end in NFL history in Travis Kelsey. I mean, the guy is just a gazelle with the football in his hands. Maybe not the best blocker, but, you know, when he's basically put up wide receiver numbers at tight end, that creates so many mismatches. On the other side, the defense, you know, the thing we always say when we want to criticize the the Chiefs, oh, they don't have a great defense. But yet, for some reason, they still always seem to make it deep. You know, last week against – or two weeks ago, excuse me, against Joe Burrow in a very high-potent offense – held him 20 points, and Joe Burrow had a very bad game. Their defense line is also great. I mean, Chris Jones, in my opinion, should have gotten way more defensive player of the year uh, recognition than he actually did. Uh, Frank Clark as well. I mean, they can pressure the quarterback very well, which obviously in this very high-passing league is very important because I don't care. I've always said you can have, you know, Prime Dion, Champ Bailey, Charles Woods in the secondary. You can't pressure the quarterback. He has four or five seconds to throw. Someone's eventually going to get open. you got to put pressure on the quarterback, especially when he's mobile like Jalen Hurts. Got to try to keep the the mobility in check. You're not going to completely stop it because that's a major part of his game. Um, but the main thing I want to see from the Chiefs this game, can they stop the run? Because that was something the 49ers 
people thought they could actually do since they had the best run defense in the league. And what do you know? The Eagles actually won the game because of their running game. Jalen Hurts didn't even have a very good game. He was like 15 and 25. I don't even know if he passed 200 passing yards. Uh, they just ran it down their throats. So uh, for the Chiefs, definitely focus on the run defense. But, um, you know, I will say this, uh, not to upset you Giants fans, um, but this is a big test for the Eagles. They're not, they're not playing Daniel Jones. They're not playing Brock Purdy. They're playing the best quarterback in the league. So they're going to get everything they can handle. Inspiring words. Thank you. Thank you, old boy. Uh, Fonz, James. Uh, James, I'll start with you here. Anything you want to add about Kansas City? Because it, it, I, I was very disappointed that the Bengals didn't win. Last year, you nailed it on the head with the Bengals beating the Chiefs in the AFC title game. And a lot of people argue it should have happened again, but it didn't. It should have happened again, but it didn't. I'm actually going to go all the way back to the Jaguars game where the Jaguars nearly upset Kansas City. Because that, I think everybody was a little surprised in how close that game actually turned out to be. Since Jaguars haven't been in that spot, figured, all right, well, Kansas City should just be able to steamroll over them. They didn't. They nearly lost. I think we'd be talking about two. We could be talking about probably the Jaguars or probably most likely the Jaguars or Bengals in the Super Bowl today. But the Kansas City wow. Chiefs do have weaknesses on their team, and I do think the Jaguars exposed it. So if the Eagles want to look back at that tape, they're going to have to look back at the Jaguars-Kansas City game and pick apart that game to help them win today. Fonz, what are you thinking when it comes to Kansas City? Obviously, we know you're a Ravens fan. You're very familiar with the AFC. It's a quarterback-dominated conference. So, Yeah, I mean, even when you look at the game against the Bengals, if I, don't, I can't even pronounce his name, the linebacker that pushed Mahomes when he was out of bounds with the penalty. Joseph Asai. Asai, yeah. Think about that. If that never even happened, to be honest, I think it would have been the Bengals-Eagles Super Bowl with that not the smartest decision of the push out there, too. But, you know, again, when you have one of the best quarterbacks, two-time now MVP in Mahomes, you know, he did get it done even before that penalty that happened, too. Right. But, it's it, you know, looking at that whole – the whole AFC whatever, too. Again, it's the – at the end of the day, yeah, you have a good pass rush, too, like Noah said. But you have to have the quarterback. And that is the case also uh, with Mahomes. They did get – looked like they did get exposed somewhat here and there in times against the Chiefs, time against the Jaguars. So they're not like this – Yes, Mahomes is great. Kelsey's great. But they have some yeah. weak moments here and there, too. Every team does. So I think they got exposed to it more in, in recent games. And I think the Eagles need to take advantage of those opportunities that they probably more than likely watched film from those past two games. I do agree with that. Um, I, I have a really tough time predicting this game. But let's uh, – Hank, we're going to get to you here in a second as we take a trip down memory lane. Unfortunately, this – uh, team, this place ended our beloved New York Giants season, and the Giants fell short there twice. Folks, we'll be right back.
that was coming as soon as he said, we'll be right back. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for uh, making me gag in my mouth. No problem. That clip's been saved for the last three years, and you just never know when it's coming, and you just have to live with it. (laughs) I have questions. Hank, we'll start with you here, buddy. (laughs) I mean, look. As much as I cannot stand this team, and I would argue that they might be my one of my least favorite teams in all sports, let me be real. I'm not surprised that this team is here. I mean, just just look at their offense. Like Jalen Hurts had an MVP cal- caliber year, but the reason I can't even consider him to be the MVP is because, well, look at the weapons he has around him. You've got a three-headed monster in – Miles Sanders, Kenneth Gainwell, Boston Scott, two number one receivers. Devontae Smith, I think, would be that number one receiver on probably any other team, but the only reason he isn't is because they also have A.J. Brown and also (laughs) have a solid tight end in uh, Dallas Goddard. I mean, I know he's not necessarily Travis Kelsey or, or George Kittle, but he's definitely effective, but Of course, I think the real reason that the Eagles were able to get 10 touchdowns from Jalen Hurts, Miles Sanders, and A.J. Brown, look at that offensive line. I mean, three-fifths of those guys are pro bowlers. In other words, if we do math, 60%. Lane Johnson, Jason Kelsey, you may have heard about his brother who I just mentioned, but that's not really relevant right now. And obviously, uh, Lynn Dickerson, all three of those guys made the Pro Bowl. And then even the other two members of that offensive line aren't too bad either. So, in other words, their offense is definitely in, I would say, probably the top three. I think only the Bills and the Chiefs are ahead of them in the regular season, if I'm not mistaken. And defensively, the only team that was ahead of them was the Niners by a fraction. And why was that? Because you look at that uh, pass rush, four guys had double-digit sacks. Hassan Reddick with 16, Josh Sweat, Brandon Graham, and I believe it was Javon Hargrave. All three of those guys that I just mentioned had 11 sacks. And on the whole, the Eagles as a team, I believe they had about 70. Yeah. And I haven't even, and even their secondary is no slouch. You still got you still got Bradbury Bunk Bunker. I mean, it'd be nice if the Giants had a cornerback like him. Oh wait, Dave Gettleman couldn't say him. Football Gettleman. Good old Dave Gettleman, as Johnny and I like to say. Is Dave Gettleman responsible for the Eagles Super Bowl run? Not really, but <laughs> I had to ask that. Not really, but him letting him yeah. putting the Giants in negative nineteen million dollars of cap hell didn't exactly help his own team. We just got lucky that we have the right personnel that actually got them out of that situation. But the Giants, we'll talk about another time, probably on YouTube videos from another show you may have heard of called Big Blue Avenue. I believe um, yeah. crazy Rangers fan and glasses co-hosts it with another. Um, Hardcore Giants fan on the top left corner. I never heard of those guys. 
Who day? <laughs> Sorry, Cincy fans. I had to do that. Um, but funds, when you look at the Eagles season, look what they did. They acquired AJ Brown on draft night. We remember that like it was yesterday. Philly was roaring. Now, granted, you know, they beat the Giants, rebuilding team and the hospital 49ers team, but yeah. 14 wins this year, most wins in franchise history. Jalen Hurts erupted. Um you picked the Eagles a lot in our quick picks challenge this season. And that separated you a lot from the rest of the pack. Why were you superior to the rest of us in trusting the Philadelphia Eagles? I just, just saw what Howie Roseman did to build this team around, even with, you know, Jalen Hurts. So I will always root for, I'm always a fan. I and mean, look what they, you know, they did to kind of, they knew they had the talent there and they're like, let's just build around this guy. They drafted Devontae Smith, former Heisman winner. They traded. They thought, all right, maybe that's not enough. We'll get another receiver. Traded a first-round pick for A.J. Brown. He's erupted to one of the top receivers in the league. And you go to the yeah. defense. They signed James Bradbury from the Giants. They traded for Darius Slay, who was not happy in Detroit. They got uh, Chauncey Gardner. Uh, Johnson. I, keep, I always mess up that name. They, they acquired him in a trade to fill up the secondary. And that they literally, that whole secondary, they got in trades. They, you know, they drafted Jordan Davis. Who's right there for the taking there to fill up that defensive uh, tackle spot? Shout out Noah next yes, to sir. They let Fletcher Cox go, brought him back on a cheaper deal. Uh, they signed, they traded for Robert Quinn during the season. They, um, I just forgot the other name for defensive tackle. Oh, Nadamik and Sue. So the Eagles just kept going and going and going, acquiring all these, uh, well, all these players to build around a, a team. Like I said, Tom, even in slick back earlier this week. Chiefs have the better quarterback, but I think the Eagles have the better overall team, and this is what the Eagles have been right. doing since week one. So it's overall what they've been doing, like acquiring all these players to fit their roster. We have a few comments. One from our good buddy Brian Attard, the uh, GM over at the Sports Box. Um, make sure to check him out on Blue Truth. I saw this post he made earlier about this. I finished one MVP vote behind Jalen Hurts this year. I will work harder this offseason. The media made Hurts versus Mahomes seem to be closer than what it actually was. I don't think Hurts was anywhere near Mahomes in the MVP voting because look what Mahomes did with pedestrian weapons, with a pedestrian defense. Yes, they finished 12th on the year. But they lost Tyran Matthew. They lost guys. You know? So the fact that Mahomes won the MVP does not surprise me whatsoever. 100%. Um, you should be the quarterback of the Cowboys since you had the same MVP votes as Dak. I like your chances. Brian Attar says the quarterback of the Cowboys is not a professional quarterback. Dax. <laughs> Took advantage of the Saints' salary cap issues for Chauncey Gardner-Johnson. That is a good point, actually. That is a very good point. And Daniel also mentioned Kenneth Gainwell was very effective in the playoffs. If you're looking, mm-hmm. if you're looking for the Eagles starting running back next year, it's him. Don't fool yourself. Sanders isn't coming back because they're going to have to save enough money to pay Hurts. Tom, I, I guess you could say next year he's going to gain well from that. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, Sanders is gonna get paid 
this off season. He's gonna go. I don't even know where he yeah. would go we're off the top of my head, but he's gonna get. He definitely won't be back. But again, another player that developed kind of nicely. There was for a couple of years where like we weren't sure Miles Sanders was like the number one, and now this mm-hmm. came out of nowhere. First time Pro Bowler, first time thousand yards, leading the rushing attack. He's gonna get. He definitely won't. I don't see him coming back, but he'll definitely get paid somewhere. I don't know where, but he'll definitely get paid. And here's a fun fact before we really get into the meat of this game. Nick Sirianni in his second year as the Eagles head coach, right? We know what saved his tenure in Philadelphia. He gave up the uh, the play calling duties to OC Shane Steichen, who's now a finalist for the Indianapolis Colts head coaching job. Um, I remember last year the Eagles were two and five. They started, I think they made the playoffs at nine and eight got bombed by Tom Brady but then they come back this year and make it all the way to the big game with the number three scoring offense in the NFL, number five rushing offense, and number three defense in the NFL. My father mentioned before defense wins Super Bowls, which he's right. You know, he grew up in that era where the, the defenses dominated, the Steelers in the 70s, the Cowboys, uh, you know. But I mentioned Sirianni's in his second year as head coach for the Eagles. Doug Peterson won a Super Bowl in his second year as head coach for the Eagles. Dougie P. Does history repeat itself twice? Interesting, right? You got to think about it. Could happen. It didn't make me smile, but uh, it it could happen. (laughs) I've heard a lot of Eagles fans say this. Jeff Saturday can keep the Colts job. I've heard a lot of Eagles fans say that. Poor Colts fans, man. They don't. They don't want the. They don't want their offensive coordinator leaving. I mean, honestly, if I would, if I, after this whole season as an Eagles fan, I want to keep everybody intact. Everybody. Can I bring up another uh, example of history potentially right. repeating itself? Last time the Eagles won a Let's Super Bowl, their offensive coordinator left to become the head coach of the Colts a year later. That's true, Frank Reich. Oh shoot! Yeah, that's right. Yeah, uh, look at that. Hmm. And Reich is now in Carolina. He was the first quarterback in Panthers franchise history and now he's their head coach such a, ter- such a terrible hire good old Carolina Panthers what a joke of an organization should have kept Wilkes should have kept Wilkes he did really well for them in his interim basis should have given him another shot at least that's just my opinion with that I agree that Wilkes deserved another shot but it's not like I think Wright's that terrible hire Folks, this is a Super Bowl preview show, even though we do appreciate the Frank Reich debate. Um, this is not the third Reich here. Oh, I'm whoa. Sure that. Hey. whoa. <laughs> Tom, you know I'm a history guy. You got to slow down there. So That's why I said that. I know you're a history guy. Um, gave Sirianni that year his offensive coordinator, John. Yep. Um, ooh. A couple other notes. Tonight. Super Bowl air 6.30 p.m. as it does typically every year on Fox. Kevin Burkhart, former sideline reporter for the Mets. I want to throw that in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Greg Olson will be on the call for the game. See, I liked um, Kevin Burkhart until you had to mention he was a Mets sideline guy. Now I don't like him anymore. Makes you feel old with Greg Olson. Old boy. <laughs> yeah. old. Yeah. I feel like, wait, wasn't he in the Super Bowl a couple of years ago? I swear. Like three years ago? I swear on it, he was playing tight end. <laughs> now, Hank and James, you both made a mistake today before you came onto the show. You're not wearing the white jersey. You're not wearing the white jersey. The, the last 18 Super Bowls have been won 
or last 15 of the 18 Super Bowls have been won by the team wearing the white jersey, and the Chiefs are wearing the white jerseys today. I'm not putting on the only white jersey I have. So if the Eagles win, oh, it's your guys. Oh, okay. I'm not putting on that jersey. I'm trying to think of the last team wore the colored jersey because Rams were in the white throwbacks. Yeah. Everybody's worn white. Giants have worn white when they both Did, won. Weren't the didn't the, Did Chiefs, the Chiefs wear, wear red wear, when they won? No, they were. They I think. I yeah, don't remember? No, no. The the Buccaneers wore white. I'm oh boy, sure. Daniel. No, Dan. It was Dan the Drake. Eagles. That's right, the Eagles. Right. Yeah. I remember that now. I could forget that. Yeah. Good old Eagles. Fly, Eagles Let's fly. get in to our keys of the game. We have Patrick Mahomes against Jalen Hurts. We mm-hmm. have Travis Kelsey against Jason Kelsey. The Eagles are favored by one and a half to win this football game. Who would have thought a nine and eight team last year would be favored by one and a half to win the Super Bowl the following year? Mm-hmm. I've Impressive. seen crazier things happen. I mean, we saw what the four and twelve Cincinnati Bengals make the big game last year. Yeah, yeah. Um, let's start with. Um, yeah, let's let's let, let's start with you, Fonz. Here, what's your key to the game for the Chiefs in order to win the big game? I want to. I really want to see how this uh, the Chiefs' defensive line against the Eagles' offensive line. You know goes up against each other too you know chris jones one of the better defensive tackles uh in the nfl too but tom is another fact frank clark needs three sacks by the way to be the postseason all-time sack leader i believe what? oh wow that's crazy i think I, I, double, I think it was like three sacks i think he's i think it's three but frank clark is very which i'd never expected frank clark to be <laughs> in the conversation for the all-time uh playoff sack leader uh, but I want to I want to see that because obviously two great uh, defensive linemen on the Chiefs and a goal against like Hang mentioned before three of the five Pro Bowl offensive linemen and the other two you can make an argument could have made Pro Bowl I think they were all sent to anything too but you know listen battle of the trenches sometimes it's won and lost in the game in the trenches so I wanted that's a key I'm looking for yeah Frank Clark uh, versus the entire I'm not even gonna mention a certain name just the entire. Uh, Eagles offensive line. I want to double check exactly with the the Frank Clark playoff thing, but I'm I'm very sure that he's very close to that record. Fonz, as a former linebacker, which linebacker impresses you the most out of both these teams? Oh, I think I got to go Hassan Reddick. I know he plays also a little bit on the defensive line too, but he does both. Again, listen, you got to yeah. you have to you have to learn how to play both, especially in Hassan Reddick. That's another guy, Tom, that the Eagles got. After a couple of years in Arizona, one year in Carolina, they brought in two and literally had a Pro Bowl All Pro year. So that's again the Eagles just got really good with all these signings. So yeah, Son Reddick is a guy. All huge fan of Reddick. I think he's gonna have a huge game. I agree, Bakley. You are incorrect. The Rams made the playoffs the year before in 2021. Um, I believe it was the Bengals that were four and twelve. But anyway. Ben Cruz saying, what's up? Happy Super Bowl Sunday. It's going to be a good game. I got Chiefs 31-27. What's up, Ben? Appreciate you. Daniel Bakley says, Kelsey versus Chris Jones. James, what is your key to the game for Kansas City? Um, let's see. Uh, not having the Eagles run over your team in a matter of 60 minutes. 
because mm-hmm. um, this Eagles team can do that. Honestly, it's really controlling that run game. Um, yeah. On, for Kansas City to control that run game, make Hurts pass the ball. Other than that, I really think if the, if Kansas City can control that game run game and time management of the clock, they'll they'll win. They can't have the Eagles hold that ball because if they get running, forget it. That defense is going to be gassed. Bags won't have anything left to throw at them. Old boy. Um, you know, I I think it's kind of a boring answer, but it decides most of the games. You got to win the line of scrimmage. Um, if you if you let the Eagles run all over you like they did against the 49ers, I mean, we saw in that game, felt like the 49ers barely had the ball, and you know they were so far down at that point in the game that it, it was just way too much to come back from. Uh, if you let that running back by committee of Gainwell, Scott, and Sanders, you know, run all over and Jalen Hurts as well, um, th- this team could easily put up 500 yards. I think. I think what they need to do, they need to try to slow the running game down. Obviously, that's very difficult. They're probably going to have to be, uh, bring more guys in the box because the run defense isn't the best. And I think what they need to do, they need to try to get Jalen Hurts to try and beat him passing the ball instead of running it. Because, you know, yes, you know, he does have, you know, all those weapons that you mentioned, Brown, Smith, and uh, Goddard. But ideally, you want the Eagles to try and pass it more because we all know what their running game can do. It's absolutely ridiculous. And that's a big part of Jalen Hurts' game as well, right? He's not a guy you want going out there passing it 40, 50 times a game. He's a guy you want to run it about 10 times a game, pass it 25, 30 times a game, and then he's very efficient doing that. Um, but the, I think the more they actually get the Eagles to pass, the better it work for them. Uh, but if they don't get any pressure, if they can't stop the run at all, I mean, the Eagles could easily put up 42, 49 points on them. That's a good point. I, I, I do agree. You know, it, sometimes the sexy answer isn't always the best answer. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, Brian Attard, who's the best quarterback the Eagles defense has beaten this year? Uh, hey, Brian, since you're here, before I answer that question, I just want to let you know America runs on Duncan. You're about to get him fired up, man. Peasant coffee. <sighs> I will say, though, after the Eagles won the big game five years ago, I was pissed because the Dunkin' Donuts three blocks away from my house had an Eagles logo on it. And I was like, why? We're in New York. Oh, that's why the Empire State Building lit up in green a few years ago. Because we, we do support Eagles implants because people from Pennsylvania and South Jersey work here in New York City. Still doesn't make sense. It makes zero sense. But, Hank, I don't want to forget about you here. Yeah, you better not. Kansas City's key to the game. <laughs> I'm good. I'm good. Um, I Thanks, would BA. say that they're key to the game. Got to protect Patrick Mahomes. Like that, again, say what you want about who their defense has faced quarterback-wise. You still got to respect the fact that four guys have le- have at least 11 sacks. Yeah. And. Especially, this is especially true if we factor in his ankle. Yes, um, the Eagles are gonna get to Mahomes this game. Um, I mean, I think my key matchup is I'm looking at Hassan Reddick against Andrew Wiley because Reddick, Fonz mentioned it before. More often than not, Reddick lines up against the opposing team's right tackle, and the weakest link on the Chiefs' O line is there 
right tackle. Yeah. Um, we saw Remmers get obliterated two years ago, um, leading him to free agency. So um, not to crap on Mike Remmers there since he is a former giant, but um, I'm just, I'm just going to throw this one out there. I think Hassan Reddick has a couple sacks today. I, th- I really think he does. But my key to the game is containing A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith. Unfortunately, I think Devontae Smith is going to have a huge game. Why? Legereus Sneed is a game-time decision. We don't know his status. And if he doesn't play, the Chiefs are starting three rookies in the secondary. In Trent McDuffie, Jalen Watson, and Joshua Williams. Is that the recipe to winning a Super Bowl? No. It's going to be tough. Especially when no. they, they've struggled all season. Like they've been playing consistently, consistently all year. They've struggled, those rookies. Hurts can throw five to ten yard dink and dunk passes. Just get the ball in their hands. They're going to make people miss. And that's why my key to the game for the Chiefs, you have to contain Brown and Smith. Do what the Giants did against Justin Jefferson in the first round. Play a little zone on them. Catch tackle. Catch tackle. That's it. That's it. But – Tale of the tape here. I want to show the offensive linemen some love. I'm a big offensive line guy. I'm a big tight end guy. Tale of the tape for the Chiefs offensive line. Since multiple people here on this show mentioned the trenches would be key to the game, let's take a deeper dive into the trenches. For the Chiefs, we have Orlando Brown Jr. Sorry, Fonz, at left tackle. It's fine. He's not that good. Um, OBJ is 6'8", 340. Joe Thune. The left guard for the Chiefs, former Patriot, Ben Cruz, if you're still watching. 6'5", 304, just allowed one sack this season. Their center, the only left-handed center active in the NFL, Creed Humphrey. 6'5", 309, number two center in PFF. Giants passed on him in the draft a year ago. Not thrilled about that. Uh, Trey Smith, 6'6", 321. Sixth round pick in the 2021 draft. Another guy the Giants also passed on. Not to make this about the Giants, but hmm. and then Andrew Wiley, 6'5, 304. The Chiefs average at 6'5 and a half um, feet, inches tall, and 315 and a half pounds. It's a big offensive line. But when we look at the Philadelphia Eagles, as Fonz fixes Sean Merriman back yeah, there. It was, it was crooked. It's bothering me. My OCD Sorry. <laughs> Jordan Mylotta. The biggest player in this game, 6'8", 365 at left tackle, 2018 uh, international pathway player in the NFL draft out of Australia. Landon Dickerson, the guard from Alabama, another lineman the Giants passed on, Hank and James, uh, 6'6", 332. Jason Kelsey, who might retire after today if the Eagles win, 6'3", 295. Isaac Samalu, who's a UFA after this game, Likely his last game as an Eagle, 6'4", 303. And then, in my opinion, the best right tackle in the NFL, Lane Johnson, 6'6", 325. The Eagles average 324 pounds of weight on that offensive line. So they have an advantage when it comes to the weight department. And that's our breakdown of the offensive line. Any, any thoughts on that? I mean, I really do think both of these teams have outstanding offensive lines. I just think the Eagles have a little bit more experience. Grand of the three Pro Bowlers. Yeah, and half those guys have been. They were in this. They were on that Super Bowl roster not too long until. As opposed to these, where it's a lot of all brand new guys. Oh, maybe one or two, but all yeah. brand new. 
Mm-hmm. I think the the main difference for me is that both both offensive lines are very good, but I think the Eagles are a little bit better um, because they have two Hall of Famers on their offensive line, which, you know, I know in this day and age, we're just looking it's like, oh, yeah, you know, two Hall of Famers, not bad. But when you look back at some of the best teams in NFL history and you look at their offensive lines, you know, think of Dallas Cowboys and like, man, those offensive lines were loaded. Um, if the Eagles can, you know, the, f- the fact you can have two Hall of Famers on the same line, don't get me wrong, I think the Chiefs, especially the left side of the line, is very good. But I'd say probably the Eagles had the best offensive line all of football. Hard to argue. Very hard to argue that, unfortunately. Um, Going to text uh, Garth here just to make sure he's joining us or not. I want to uh, double-check the Frank Clark thing. So he has 13-and-a-half sacks in the postseason. Mm-hmm. Smith is 14-and-a-half. Willie McGinnis has 16. So he has a chance, which I would have never thought Frank Clark would be in this conversation, but he has a chance to, to be the all-time leader tonight. Now, will it happen? I have no idea. That'd be tough against that Eagles line, but just remember, that's something to, to look out for. That'd be really interesting if he breaks it tonight. And again, Frank Clark, of all names, you wouldn't think, you wouldn't think he'd be in that conversation. No. <laughs> James, I'm going to turn to you here. Your key for the Philadelphia Eagles, what do they need to achieve to win their second Super Bowl? Really? They don't need to win their second Super Bowl. That's their key. They can lose. (laughs) (laughs) Right? They can lose. That's the key. They cannot jump to the game. They can stay in their hotel room. And, you know. (laughs) No, but but for real. Uh, yeah, too much. I, yeah, too much Islanders fandom in you, man. <laughs> Listen, after I watched that game that I went to, that was a little whatever. I'll um, give you a break. You're a Mets fan too, so it's ultimately what they need to do. They just need to stay Can't go off of what they've successfully done for the past few weeks. They they've run the ball successfully you keep that up you keep Hertz doing his thing whether it be dinking and dunking throughout the um yeah throughout the, the game or whatnot that defense uh, honestly they just have to stick to their game plan they can't try anything new they can't try any trick plays unless it's like the Philly special where we saw way back when or one trick play I disagree with you they need one trick play with Sorry. one one trick play but nothing like way out there <laughs> is what I'm saying. You know, something like extreme, like what Dallas did where they had uh, Zeke line up as their center and then mm-hmm. snaps it to Dak and think the play is going to work. His last play is a cowboy. That's going to be his last play. That's yeah. his last play. <laughs> <laughs> up there. Um, I think they just have to stick to that game plan. Obviously, it's it, everybody's emotions, general adrenaline on that team is going to be extremely high but they just have to really stick to their game plan. Um, and mm-hmm. Sirianni just needs to take it easy on that sideline and not go extremely crazy. That's fair. Hank, your key to the Philadelphia Eagles winning this game. I'm going to be very careful. I would say target their secondary very early because you've got a few rookies there. 
going up against, uh, oh, I don't know, no big deal, A.J. Brown and uh, Devontae Smith. Those guys get big yardage. It could be game over very, very early. Short and sweet. I love it. Uh, Fonz, we're going to go to you here. Philadelphia. It's, it all it all goes back. It all goes back to the offense, the two receivers, like we said, and then you go into the rushing attack. So Miles Sanders stepped up big this year. Boston Scott, for some reason, has a good game went against the Giants and once in a while in the playoffs. Uh, Kenneth Gainwell had a, is having a huge uh, breakout moment in the playoffs. He'll be the lead back this year. But, and then Jalen Hurts can get it done on his legs too. So also look at that rushing attack because. Don't be surprised if at least one of those guys is 100 yards rushing today, really, or at least two of those guys have close to it in the 80s. You're going to see two consistent rushers today for the Eagles, maybe even a third one, because that's how good their running attack is. I agree. And before we get to old boy here, uh, I just want to pin this comment from Brian Attard and what his key to the game is, and that is starting Gardner Minshew at quarterback. (laughs) Mm-hmm. The Eagles are 0-2 in Super Bowls all time when they're starting quarterback plays. That's true. Good old Nick Foles. I mean, Nick Foles did start the entire playoff run, too. So, you know, technically speaking, he was the starting quarterback. Good. No, hey, yeah. <laughs> it did, did absolutely nothing against the Falcons, but we couldn't do shit on offense. So, good times. God, thank God the Bills aren't in there. I guess Frankie Cruz is not a Bills fan. Patriots um, fan right. or Jets fan or something? I don't know. I think I, he's commented before, right? Yeah, so the name's very familiar. That's why I'm trying yeah. to think. Yeah, some definitely. of these JDF shows. I'm thinking, I'm thinking Patriots. I think it's Patriots. Yeah, I think he's Patriots as well. But thank you so much, Frankie, for the comment. Do appreciate that. We're Giants fans. Don't get confused by the red, white, and blue. Yeah, um, oh, well, actually, that might hurt him more since I'm a Giants fan. But anyway, Noah, you're yes. key for. The uh, Philadelphia Eagles. I'm going to be nice today on the Eagles. Go ahead. Yeah, no, no, it's pretty boring. Once again, I just say pressure Patrick Mahomes a la 2021 February Tampa Bay Buccaneers, where, dare I say, their defense line absolutely boat raced uh, the offensive line of the Kansas City Chiefs. Kept putting Pat Mahomes on his butt all day. And look, uh, when you're getting sacked or pressured over and over, uh, complete throws off your offense. Uh, the Chiefs, you know, very high-flying offense, want to throw a deep lot. Uh, they're not going to be able to do that if Mahomes keeps getting pressured. Um, and, you know, like like Hank said earlier, with all those, all those guys with double-digit sacks on their defense, they can very easily get pressure after Pat Mahomes. Offensively, just kind of run your game plan. Do what they always do. You know, take advantage of that, you know, weekend inexperienced secondary. Um, I want to see, you know, some some short passes, some some screens. Get the ball into your hand, the hands of your playmakers, guys like Brown and Smith. Take advantage of those mismatches. Don't try and throw it deep because the Chiefs also have a great defense line. In fact, I think I saw a stat through the playoffs. Like these two teams have like 140 sacks combined, which is yeah. absolutely ridiculous. So I think whichever quarterback is able to – elude the rush at least you know that millisecond longer i think it'll be the very slight difference in the game because these teams are very evenly matched they have the same record in the regular season they have the exact same uh, amount of points scored in the regular season this is this is this is one of the closest matchups i've seen a very long time honestly yeah i i'd happen to agree with Noah. i think pressuring patrick mahomes because they lost to the bucks in the big game because they got to patrick mahomes i think 
pressuring Hertz won't really affect Philadelphia that much as people think, because Hertz has been sacked often this year, not because of the offensive line struggles, but just because he's a mobile quarterback. You know, they've played some good defenses out there. Um, and, and overall, when I look at this Philadelphia Eagles team, yes, their schedule hasn't been the hardest, but you can't control your schedule and you have to play what's in front of you. And I get it. They lost to Dallas. They lost to Washington and they lost to the saints, but two of those games were without Jalen hurts. So I think as long as they get to Patrick Mahomes with those big four pass rushers, like Hank mentioned, Hassan Reddick, Javon Hargrave, Brandon Graham, and uh, Josh, we're not even talking about Fletcher Cox. We're not even talking about Fletcher Cox, which is absolutely insane. Um, Or Robert Quinn, both backups. Or Jordan Davis. Yes, sir. That's how deep the Eagles' defensive line is. And Dominic Sue. Mm-hmm. It's the deepest defensive line in the, in the National Football League. Really, it really, so, mm-hmm. it, it really is. Fletcher Cox had eight sacks this year. Yeah, that is very true. But let's get into our mm-hmm. players to watch. So, how we're going to do this? Um, we're going to start with Fonz, then go to James, Hank, Noah, then me. Two players to watch for the Chiefs. We'll all go. And, after, and then after we all go, two players to watch for the Eagles. It can be two guys on one side of the ball, one guy on each side of the ball, however you want to do it. Okay, so And you can Ch- duplicate. Uh, well, the Chiefs, uh, Tom, you know I've talked about them before. I'm going to go Isaiah Pacheco as the guy to watch for the Eagles, uh, one of the guys. Uh, former six-round pick, you know, really was, has been now leading the rushing attack for the Chiefs and probably will be their lead back. Heading into 2023, uh, that's a guy definitely to look out for. And another guy, I'm going to say Baldez Scantling, I think. Uh, I know Travis Kelsey is going to get a lot of the number one targets, number one looks. But I think as far as the receivers between him and Juju, I think Baldez Scantling has had the better, you know, has been better this season overall. But I definitely think he, people should definitely take notice of him. And for the Eagles, I said him before, Tom, also on Slickback, <laughs> Bradbury. And I'm also going to put Darius Slay on there. I want to see how both corners um, go up, uh, you know, in this game. We talk about the Eagles defensive line, the front seven. But the secondary is just as good, too. So I, w- I really want to see both people that they acquired in trades or trade signings with Bradbury and trading for Darius Slay, two guys that were not one on their teams anymore and came in and has become one of the better, I think, one or if not the best corner duo in the NFL. I can't think of a – trying to think of one, but this is definitely in the conversation. But those two guys, I'm going to say the Eagles, the Chiefs, I got two guys on offensive, Pacheco and Valdez Scantling. All right. Who's Tom. next? Am I next? I think um, Tom. Tom, did you mute yourself? I thought I heard a Sorry, speech. I did mute myself. Uh, uh, hold on. I heard Tom for a second, but I didn't want to. Hank, you can go next. Okay, so for the Chiefs, I obviously am going to go with Travis Kelsey because, I mean, let's be real. If he's, um, he is probably one of their main chess pieces on offense, I would say. That's one of my favorite board games. So I would – I mean, he's not even just a tight end. He plays like a wide receiver too, so that's definitely yeah. – somebody that you got to really, really watch out for. 
And then as far as the other player on the Chiefs, I am going to go with Jones, the uh, edge rusher. I think that's another – if they – if the Eagles' offensive line keeps him in check, I think they're in really, really good shape. And now we get to the Eagles' side. The two uh, players to watch, I'm going to go with Lane Johnson. And the reason I'm going to say Lane Johnson – If you've seen me on Big Blue Avenue, you know that I am a very big believer that you need a key member of the offensive line to even have a functioning offense, which was why I put Andrew Andrew Thomas at number one on my players on my uh, Giants players of this season. I see Noah smiling there. Yes, sir. But the reason I got to go with Lane Johnson, he has not allowed a sack in nearly two years. And in my opinion, he has been the key for all of their best players to have been, to have their career years, like Miles Sanders, Jalen Hurts, and even to a less to a certain degree, AJ Brown. So I got to go with Lane Johnson on the defensive side. Who else? But Hassan Raddick, sixteen sacks. I mean, looking at that, um, looking at the game film of of the San Francisco game. I don't know how you put a back backup tight end on Hassan Raddick. Like I may, I know I wrote an article saying Kyle Shanahan shouldn't really be at fault for San Francisco losing that game. And I agree. And I still stand by that, but looking at that, that's pretty bad. And the fact that you had guys double teaming Linval Joseph, really? Yeah. But he, either way, Hassan Raddick, probably would have had a good game even even if they triple teamed him in that in that win against San Francisco. Yeah, unfortunately I think you're right. James, what do you got for us here, Mr. JPP? Crazy <laughs> that pulled out of my closet today. Um players to watch in Kansas City. Um one on the offense would be uh Juju CFP. What you can't hear me still? Can you hear me now? How about now? Hear him? Yeah, I got, I got, I got you now. Yep. Now, all right. Um, Juju, uh, see if he can have a day or dance with Mahomes' um, brother. And then um, I'm going to go actually for the Kansas City. I'm throwing a curveball like I normally do to you guys. Kansas City's Chiefs special teams kicker, the field goal oh. kicker. That's fucker. Yeah, because we know the uh, fucker. Kickers are people too. They are. Yeah. Love it. So you know the the field goal kicking teams uh, this uh, season hasn't been very successful. So I'm gonna have to go with them to watch. Um, on the Eagles side, let's go with uh, Washington Scott. Let's see what he can do. Um, and then I'll just make this quick. Uh, Fletcher Cox as well. Um, he's going to be a guy that's name will be called quite a bit today. That's it. All right, Noah. All right. Well, uh, I'm, pro- I'm going to go a bit of a different direction. I'm going to go with some more under the radar guys because, you know, we, we all know what guys like Mahomes or Kelsey or, you know, maybe even, you know, a guy like A.G. Brown are going to do. But yeah. – as two Giants fans know, sometimes it's the guy you don't expect that makes the play you always remember. Guys like David Tyree 
or Mario Manningham that make the difference in the Super Bowl. Um, so for the Chiefs, I'm going to try and go for one guy on each side for both teams. Uh, for the Chiefs, I'm going to go with Juju on offense. Um, you know, a couple of reasons. First of all, he has a big bonus riding on this game. I don't remember exactly what he needs to get, but it's like, a I think, a 2 or $3 million bonus uh, riding on this game. He had a poor game against the Bengals. He had like one catch for seven yards. Uh, logic says, law of averages. I think he's going to bounce back this game. Travis Kelsey will take a lot of pressure. Off of both him and MBS, I think Juju will have a very good game in this one. On the other side, I'm going to go with Trent McDuffie in the secondary. A very young guy. This is you know a big pressure moment for him. He's a guy that really needs to have a good game to try and contain the, the Eagles' explosive offense for them. So I will go with him. On the other side for the Eagles, I am probably honestly going to go with Kenneth Gainwell. A very good playoff performer. Big part of that Eagles running back by committee. And like I said earlier, if the Eagles get that running game going, and I think he'll be a big part of that, uh, they're going to be very tough to stop. On the defensive side, um, look, we all know what their pass rushers can do. So I'm probably actually going to go with somebody in their secondary. Darius Slay, I think, will have a big impact on this game. If he's having a phenomenal game and, you know, he's shutting down that perimeter, putting a lot of pressure on Travis Kelsey to produce, I think that'll really help their defense. Um, but he, if he's getting beat out there consistently and the Chiefs are moving the ball, uh, it'll be a rough day for that defense. I like the picks, Noah. I like thinking outside the box there. Daniel Bakley has Gainwell, Sweat, Bolton, and Pacheco. Yeah, a lot of people are going with Gainwell in this game. But uh, I'm up now, and I think for the Kansas City Chiefs, um, offensively, I think I'm looking at uh, Jarek McKinnon out of the backfield because the Eagles' defense, their one flaw is defending opposing running backs, particularly in the pass game. You might see a lot of dink and dunk, and we know. I believe McKinnon had nine touchdown receptions this season. Um, so that is something to keep in mind out there. Um, you know, you guys mentioned Kelsey before three touchdowns and two playoff games. He's probably going to see a lot of Gardner Johnson. Um, you know, somebody mentioned Valdez Scantling, who I think there could be truth to that. He scored a touchdown in both playoff games. Um, defensively for Kansas city, I'm looking at Jalen Watson. He'll be starting tonight. Uh, especially if Snead is out. I, I still think Snead's a game-time decision to this point. I haven't seen Schefter or uh, Rappaport say anything yet on him, but if he does, that'll be three rookies starting in the secondary, not to sound like a broken record. Um, Watson has two picks in the playoffs. He was a seventh-round 2022 draft pick. So somebody went with McDuffie. I'm going to go with Watson. Uh, strictly because he could make a play in this game. You want to talk about under-the-radar guys? That's a guy who can make a play. For Philadelphia, um, Devontae Smith, because I think a lot of the attention is going to be given to A.J. Brown. Smith will carve up the Chiefs secondary and take advantage of it. Smith has eight catches for 97 yards and one touchdown in the playoffs thus far. I think Devontae is going to have a big game. Also, somebody said something about Dallas Goddard before. Yeah, Ben Cruz has Dallas Goddard as, as his player to watch. He thinks he'll have a monster game wow. uh, focusing on the play action. He definitely could. That's a good pick. Mm-hmm. That's a good sneaky pick that not many of us talked about. So I like that. But defensively for me, I think you all know who I'm going with, Hassan Reddick. You know how I am about my pass rushers as well. 
like my tight ends on offense. Uh, two sacks, force fumble, and a fumble recovery in the NFC Championship game. Three and a half sacks in the playoffs. He'll be matched up against the Chiefs' weakest offensive lineman and Andrew Wiley. No disrespect to Wiley or anything, but the other four are just better than him. Um, so I think that'll be interesting to see how he holds up against Hassan Reddick if they give him help, if um, they play that tight end from Duke, Noah Gray, and some 12 personnel, 13 personnel sets to potentially chip. Hassan Reddick, I don't know if that'll be enough. But, yeah, those are my players to watch. Um, injury report for each team. We know Patrick Mahomes will play with the high ankle sprain. Isaiah Pacheco will play with a wrist injury. Jarek McKinnon injured both his ankles. He'll play. Kadarius Tony apparently he'll play. He'll probably get another injury in the game. <laughs> I don't wish that on him by any means, but with the way he uh, trains his body and stuff, it's – it could go off and win MVP. I don't know. Tom, how would you feel if he gets a ring? I'd feel a lot better if he gets a ring than the Eagles getting getting another ring. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, Tony wasn't like a big part of this. I mean, the Chiefs were already good without him, in my opinion. Well, Jerry Sneed questionable, and that that. That would be huge if he doesn't play. 108 tackles, 11 passes defended, and three picks on the year. Cole Hardman is out with a head injury, so that's huge. Again, Mahomes pretty much went majority of the AFC Championship game without Hardman, Juju, and Tony. So MMVS took huge advantage of that. And for the Eagles, it's their punt returner, Britton Covey. Uh, hamstring injury, he's questionable. Now, before we get to our picks, in honor of Nick D., not being on the show. I made an unnecessary wager. And I want to see what you guys think of this. Here it is. This is my unnecessary wager of the day. I have the under 51 and a half total points because I think the Super Bowl is typically a lower scoring game. I have Hertz under 64 and a half rushing yards. I have Kenneth Gainwell over. 14 and a half rushing yards. I have the Eagles to get three plus sacks. I have Valdez Scantling over 19 and a half receiving yards. Devontae Smith over 59 and a half receiving yards. Kelsey, an anytime touchdown scorer. And Kelsey and A.J. Brown to each catch five or more passes. What do we think? This is my unnecessary wager. Five for 230. Uh, I like almost all of it. The only thing I'm not sure about, I feel like this is a game that could go over. I feel like it's like a 31-24 type of game, which would just go a little bit over. That's, that was to say the same That's thing. That's why it's unnecessary. I'll have a little more of a higher scoring. Uh, I thought he would have a little bit more. But hey, you know what? I'll, I would take the over at that if it was only 19 and a half. I thought it would have yeah. more. I thought it would be more than 19. But... This is all I would say outside of the the total points. I think this is like so. I would agree with you on all that, but except the, the points, I would go with the over. Any thoughts, James or Hank? Yeah, it's nice. It <laughs> is. Know, it is nice, right? <laughs> I. I what? But if anyone wants to make a bet, hey. 
I'm just wondering what MVS did after the game he had last game. To, <laughs> the over is only 19.5. Figure out. I'm like, that makes no sense. That's the minimum, guys. That's me playing it safe. Oh, that, okay. That wasn't his. Uh, oh, okay. His line. I was about to say, like, I was going to say, like, that's a lot. Everyone should take the over on that one. Then, because yeah. like Sean Militello, one catch will change it for you. You're good. Sean Militello just sent me his parlay. I, I won't announce it, but um, oh he's my got, god, he's got somehow the oh, same. Oh my god! Oh, oh my god! Fire thing. What he has? Maybe he'll have he, Ian Book comes in. Ian Book's your third string quarter after the Eagles, by the way. So he'll run. <laughs> This is like 20 legs. I'm not going to announce it live on behalf of Sean and privacy, but, man, that's that's something. Also, Frankie Cruz mentioned a comment. Special teams, we got to give special teams some love. I know, um, I believe, James, that that would be awesome. Uh, I know the best special team Super Bowl was ours, Fonz, in, oh, back in 2000. Really back-to-back kickoff return for touchdowns. <laughs> Jacoby Jones started the second half with a 108-yard return in the Super Bowl. Also, I know this is strictly an X's and O's show, but Rihanna will be performing at halftime. Um, Noah, what are your thoughts on this? Uh, hey, I'm just saying, man, she can get under my umbrella any day. That's all I'll say on it. Bonk. Bonk. Bonk for you, Noah. I know a lot of people are, are, are excited about this as well. A lot of people are very excited, and it's just her, mm-hmm. right? It's nobody else. I don't. I don't know. Actually, I, I mean, here's the thing. I'll say, Tom. I think last year's Super Bowl was probably the perfect thing for a lot of people. Like yeah. that was just a classic. And I also like guys like Prince. You know, that was that was a legendary one as well. I do like some of Rihanna's stuff, but like, is it a genre I listen to a, a whole ton? Not really. You got to go so. for that. You got to go for that audience. Right. One year when they did the Who, like I thought it was a good performance yeah. some people didn't like it you know some people wouldn't like i like the who. some people wouldn't like it. it's like it's it's hard for me honestly yeah. my opinion with Super Bowl halftime shows like honestly like i'll check it out for a couple of seconds but like i don't sit and watch the whole thing i just kind of just get up and move around or whatever or take a break from watching this watching tv for a little like i don't sit I'm out yeah hey man i'm in the, i'm in the bathroom during halftime yeah like or, yeah, like, or i take or i take a power nap you know but I don't go out of my way to like whatever they watch in bad time. It's like I just kind of just be like, all right, cool. You know, I know some people love it. Some people only watch it for that, but it's not my thing. Before we get into our uh, game predictions, I just want to say last year I made a guarantee on this show. Uh, the little Matt Albert's not here, but the Vikings did make the playoffs this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, and on top of that, they won the division. So I just want to say that. Um, hmm. My yearly guarantee for next year on our Super Bowl show oh, God. is that what? Oh God! I'm just I, interested to hear what this is, man. I've got something good. I, I, I've got something good that I've wanted to reveal for a little while. A little while now. Mm-hmm. Can't wait for this one. The Giants will win the NFC East in 2023. There has not been a repeat divisional winner mm-hmm. of the NFC East in over 20 years. And also, Eagles are going to tell Bowl, him they win. Super Bowl hangover. hangover. That yeah. Could, yeah. Kelsey, yeah. If, if they win, Kelsey retires. 
Samalu's leaving in free agency. Sanders is not mm-hmm. coming back. They can't afford James Bradbury. Yeah. Uh, Kaiser White and TJ Edwards are both UFAs after the season. They're going to some of their Hardgrave as well. There could be some turnover on this roster. Yeah. They're still going to be good. Don't get me wrong. Fletcher, Fletcher Cox, Cox too. Or, retire, or not leave, retire or something, but he might be, might be out too. And if the Giants, the Giants have $44 million in cap space right now, mm-hmm. over $50 million next year. And I'm looking at Dallas. Their cap situation's not great. Washington is Washington. So that's my yearly guarantee on the Super, on the Super Bowl show. Brandon Graham, too. He, he might resign. Yeah, that's another one of the defensive line. But a lot of those guys, though, you know, even Sue and, and Lynn Ball Joseph, they could all be gone too. Robert Quinn. Just remember, February February twelfth, twenty twenty three, ten fifty three a.m. Tom said this. All right. Well, Albert, when you're watching this back, make sure to put that in the notebook. So when the Eagles win the division again, that you can I remind me of it. It has a notebook with our taste. I'm terrified of what he has in mind. Yeah. So, folks, appreciate you all watching us so far, but now it is time for the moment we've all been waiting for, our game predictions and our MVP predictions. Just so you all know, before you make your picks, there will be a graphic with your final score prediction Mm. and your MVP prediction on our Instagram and on our Facebook. So let's go. Hank, we are starting with you. I'm going to gag in my mouth as I say this, but I have Eagles 36, Chiefs 29. My MVP is A.J. Brown. Hank, I just wanted to thank you for coming on the show today. It was lovely having you. Uh, There he goes. There he goes. (laughs) Tom, you can go who's next. We'll see who's still standing at the end of this. Well, James, you're next. Oh, perfect. Well, I'm not leaving. I'm staying because I'm picking Kansas City. Oh, Hank, welcome back. Oh, <laughs> hey, long time to see. <laughs> um, no, I'm picking Kansas City. Um, see, either it's going to be a it's going to be a high scoring game or a low scoring game because we've seen this in years past where the playoffs have been high scoring and the Super Bowl has been low scoring or vice versa. I'm going to go with a medium scoring game. Kansas City 27, Eagles 21. MVP. MVP. Um, Kelsey. Okay. Uh, old boy. Yes. Well, James, you're not going to have to kick me off the show because I am also picking Kansas City to win this game. I think it'll be very close. Uh, Definitely, you know, a field goal touchdown type of game. Personally, I think it's going to be very high scoring. You know, I think that these these offenses have so much talent. And even though the defensive lines are good, I think they're just going to be airing it out so much that eventually the points will start to add up. I'm going to go 34-31 Kansas City. Uh, Harrison Gabucker, the pride of the Georgia Tech Yellow Jokets, will hit a game-winning field goal as time expires. Uh, Patrick Mahomes will win his second Super Bowl MVP to cement himself well on the way to the Hall of Fame. Um, yeah, it's, I think it's going to be a, a very good, not too high. Like it's not going to be like that 41-33 game the Eagles won, but it's probably like I think like a 31-28 
30, but I'll go with 34-31, that type of scoring game. Alfonso. Uh, see, I Tom, we talked about some slick back, and I think it's going to be a higher scoring game than most. But I know the Eagles has a great defense. Chiefs can have a good defense here and there too. But when you have Mahomes the best quarterback and the Eagles overall best offense, I would say, you're going to get a high scoring game. So I'm going to go with the Eagles. I know James, I'm ready to be kicked out. 34 to 31. I'm going the easy way out. I'm going Jalen Hurts MVP because I think he's going to have a great game. And I listen, I Tom knows this. I've been a Hurts fan for a long time since his days at Alabama. I've always rooted for him. Yeah. I said heading into this season, he's yeah. going to prove a lot of people wrong that he's going to have a great year. Yeah. And I think it's going to cap off with a Super Bowl MVP trophy. And that's, it's a simple pick, but I think it's the, the right pick. And could you say your final score one more time? 34 to 31, the Philadelphia Eagles. I will see you later, James. I'm ready to be kicked out now. So <laughs> there you Fonz go. Went, Fonz went exactly reverse of Noah. Yep, same score, different team. Now it's my turn to pick. Uh, we do have a comment here. I, hope I knew Hertz was a dog. Yeah. Um, so the last two years on the show, for those of you that have watched, I've been wrong with my Super Bowl prediction. Mm. So what I want to happen and what I think will happen are two different things. I do think it's going to be a lower scoring game than a lot of people anticipate because last year we saw two prolific high scoring offenses meet with two great defenses and the game was lower scoring. The Eagles have an elite defense, so I don't think the Chiefs will score a lot of points in this game. I think they barely cracked the 20 point mark, believe it or not. Um, The Chiefs defense is underrated. They have Steve Spagnuolo. I don't see the Chiefs surrendering 34 or 36 points. Um, I have a final score of James. Uh, I am the host, but I will give you permission to uh, kick me off if I, I, I do pick them. But um, I am picking the Philadelphia Eagles to win their second Super Bowl in a hopeful jinx by picking this. Because like I said, I've been, I've been 0-2. The last two years, Philadelphia Eagles win the Super Bowl by a final score of 26 to 20, hitting my under, and the MVP will be Devontae Smith. Hmm. Well, there he goes. Goodbye. So, Noah, since we're the only two that picked the Kansas City Chiefs to win. <laughs> yes. Yes, sir. Let's get the rest of them back. There they here they come back. There we're there they are. James controlling the show. I mean, you, you just love to see this. Um, <laughs> guys, what happened? You guys glitch out or something? I don't know, man. Daniel Bakley says I'm due to get it right. Is third time a charm for me? I hope not. I, I hope I'm wrong. I'm gonna keep picking the wrong team to win the Super Bowl. And I, you know I, I hope I, I hope that's my jinx to to you, Dan. When you watch the Super Bowl tonight, I think I think last year I was close to my prediction, but I got the uh, MVP wrong. I said Aaron Donald would have won MVP, which you were close. very close. Yeah, was, I think no, I think the score I, I think I was off by a couple of. I think you're off by a few points. Fox. That's what it was, right? Yeah, and Donald, I I know you can't tell you what Cup did, but also Donald was very close to being MVP of that game. But hey, uh, look. I'm going to say this, and you you guys know me, right? I'm one of the biggest Eagle haters out there, maybe outside of Brian Attard and a few other people. 
but I am going to give credit where credit is due. The Philadelphia Eagles were the best team in the, in the National Football League this season. In my personal opinion, they deserve to win the Super Bowl this season. Um, you know, easy road this, easy road that. Yes, that's true. P- pedestrian quarterback, maybe. Maybe. Um, I'm not going to say he's elite yet or he'll ever be elite. But he's a good quarterback that got the job done this season. One of the best defenses in the NFL. An outstanding receiving core with an outstanding offensive line. The two positions where the Chiefs hold advantages are at the quarterback and the head coach position. Those are their two advantages, and those might be the two most important advantages. And that's what gives the Chiefs a chance to win this football game. So will I be rooting my ass off for the Chiefs later tonight? Hell yeah. But do I think the Philadelphia Eagles come out on top at the end of it? I do. I do. Just to add fuel to James's fire. Um, guys, any parting words here before we sign off? I am. Um, I'll go ahead first. How many times does the Whopper commercial get played? Oh, God. <laughs> 20 times an hour, maybe? <laughs> I think they won't do it as many times. I think they got so many other commercials going on. They'll probably do like, I'm going to say over, under, maybe two and a half. We'll go with two and a half. Two and a half. Mm. Go birds. They should make um, a bet on that. That's definitely a bet. It's also probably a bet on um, what color Gatorade is going to be poured. Maybe yeah. purple this year. I think it was one in that last yeah. year. Hey, Tom, I got some good parting words for you. Yes. I'm just saying, the year that uh, the Eagles draft Jordan Davis and Nicobe Dean, uh, they go to the Super Bowl. Miko Hardman is injured. If the Eagles win the Super Bowl, I mean, I don't want to say I told you so, but um, I told you so. Got that, Nicobe Dean. In the third round, right? Yeah. He's been a non-factor this year. Let's be real. For now. For now. I forgot he was on the team. He'll be starting next season. Um, but, yeah, I, I definitely agree. Um, let's hope Andy Reid has his usual time management issues this game. My parting comment. Hank, anything you want to say? I hope I am wrong, too. But, as always, it has been an absolute pleasure getting to talk football with you guys and – Hopefully, Tom and I and Fonz are all wrong. That's about all I have left to say. Maybe. Maybe. Fonz, James, anything else you you want to add? I mean, I think this has been a great show. We've gone about 90 minutes here, and this crew was awesome. Been a good show. A lot of good stuff. This is sad that the football season is pretty much coming to an end, but it's Mm -hmm. all right. One off on a good one. Let's hope it's the most fun. Let's hope it's not a thirteen to three snooze fest. Oh. Yeah, defense wins championships, but sometimes defense can be fun too, and that was not fun. So let's hope for an Eagles Patriots, unlike the Patriot Rams one. So that's all I got to say. Just want to have some fun. One trick play, one special teams moment. That's all I'm asking for. Is it that hard? Is it that hard to ask for? Go munch on those chips later. Have some beers. Have some fun. 
Uh, stay safe tonight, everybody. We appreciate everybody in the comments section. We tried to get to as many comments as we can, but we are on a time crunch. Um, appreciate you all for joining us. If you missed our game predictions and MVP predictions and want to catch them, a graphic will be made and posted around 12.31 p.m. on our Instagram page at Review and Preview and on our Facebook page at Review and Preview Sports. Make sure to check us out on all of our social media below. On behalf of James Montefusco, Fonz DeFalco, I miss saying that, Noah Dog Dibler, and Hank and Dichter, my name is Tom Scavetta. Thank you all for watching our 2023 Super Bowl 57 kickoff show. Enjoy the game.